Welcome to Reliving the War episode 71 and welcome to the 17th of February 1997. We have a new WWF Champion. Bret Hart won the belt last night at Final Four but tonight he has to defend his newly won championship against Psycho Sid. Raw is live from Nashville, Tennessee while WCW Nitro is live from Tampa, Florida. Remember to check out the Final Four pay-per-view video if you haven't done so already and if you're all caught up let's get started. Nitro opens up with the New World Order arriving at the arena and as the group begin walking towards the building, Big Bubba gets attacked. No one sees the attacker and the NWO are left confused about what just happened. Whoever this was though, they must have quite the set of balls on them so that rules out the giant. Let's see how this Scooby Doo mystery plays out on Monday Nitro. The Bret Hart vs Sid title match kicks off Monday Night Raw while Nitro's opening match features Rey Mysterio Jr taking on Super Kolo. Ray starts off with a hammerlock but Kolo counters and he puts some pressure on Ray's knee. The two men get back to their feet as Tony Schiavone tells us that Randy Anderson is gonna fight for his job later on in Nitro. And Roddy Piper is in Alcatraz for some reason, we're gonna hear from the hot rod a little later too. Larry explains that Piper is preparing for Super Brawl by locking himself up. Great idea. Ray hits a clothesline and afterwards he tries his flip over the ropes to the apron but he botches it. Ray then tries a springboard crossbody but Kolo counters with a dropkick. Things just aren't going Mysterio's way tonight. A sunset flip into a powerbomb spot also looks a little dodgy but the competitors manage to save it. Kolo comes back with a great looking springboard double stomp and hey Kevin Sullivan take notes, if you're gonna bunny hop, bunny hop like this. Kolo continues to look impressive with a senton from the ring to the outside and as the match gets back in the ring, Tony Giovanni says the Steiner brothers have been involved in a car accident and apparently the NWO were involved in the crash. We then go to the outside of the arena where Big Bubba is getting loaded into an ambulance, expendable NWO member Wall Street is gonna go to hospital with Bubba while Scott Hall promises redemption for his fallen comrade. The outsiders throw up a too sweet as if that's gonna make things any better and back in the ring Mysterio gets his arm snapped across the top rope. Mysterio then comes back with a nice springboard corkscrew attack and he tries a 619 but Kolo ducks out of the way. Kolo ends up getting draped over the bottom rope and Mysterio hits a guillotine leg drop. Ray signals for the end and he goes to the top rope but Kolo wakes up and he hits an inverted head scissors from the top. Ray kicks out and then the match comes to an end with Mysterio performing the west coast pop. Mysterio then tells Regal that he's coming for him at Super Brawl. We're gonna get Mysterio vs Regal at the pay per view and the TV title will be on the line with no time limit in place. Over on Raw, Psycho Sid and Bret Hart make their entrances as Jim Ross announces that The Undertaker will compete in the WrestleMania main event. Taker's gonna headline the show and the Phenom is the number one contender for the title, so it's likely that the winner of this match has a date with the dead man at the grandest stage of all. We're also gonna hear from Dr. Andrews a little later in regards to Shawn Michaels knee injury. The crowd are really pumped up here, Bret and Sid square off in the middle of the ring, JR and King hype up the importance of this match but then Steve Austin hits the ring and he attacks Bret Hart. Once again Sid finds himself in the middle of other people's problems so Sid decides to go after Steve Austin. Stone Cold fires back with a chop lock that brings the big man down and Bret then goes after Stone Cold again while the referees try to get some order. Sid is hurt, Austin gets out of the ring and when the referees try to check on Sid, he says this. It doesn't seem as... 
The challenger wants to still go, but the officials are stopping Brett from attacking his opponent. There's some confusion here as to whether the match is even going to take place. Brett wants to fight. He smiles as the crowd chants for Sid, but Jim Ross says we'll take a quick look at Thursday Raw Thursday while the WWF make a decision about what to do next. We see clips of Sean losing his smile again. I could honestly recite this whole promo at this point, and that's a shameful thing to admit. And then we get a Final Four recap. When we come back, Kevin Kelly gets an interview with Sid backstage, so it looks like our match has been postponed. Sid is pissed off. He ironically says not even a broken leg could stop him from reaching his destiny, and neither would Rain, Sleet, Snow, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kevin Kelly says that the match has been rescheduled for later in the show. It's kicker be kicking out there, Sid, and with that bad leg of yours, I don't see Bret Hart getting kicked around too much tonight. Hugh Morris vs Steve McMichael is next on Nitro while the WWF put on a Mark Merrow vs Savio Vega match. So it looks like Mongo didn't get a divorce after last week's shenanigans with Debra. And on top of that, the pair worked together here to ensure Steve picked up the win. Debra passed Mongo his magical briefcase when Morris was going for the moonsault. Hugh Morris smacks the briefcase and Steve McMichael picked up the win, meaning Debra can go back to checking out Double J and his sick ring gear. It just occurred to me too, Debra's been conducting horseman business right in front of her horseman husband, so Debra is really the elite member of the faction who gives zero fucks. After the match, Tony and Larry talk about Roddy Piper completely snapping due to his family getting involved with his wrestling career as of late. Piper has locked himself away in preparation for his match with Hogan, and apparently Piper has totally lost the plot. Over on Raw, Savio Vega took on Mark Merrow as Farouk watched on from above the entranceway. The nation's entrance here was pretty well done, I thought. Merrow gets thrown out of the ring and JC Ice gets a few boots into Merrow. Sable runs over for the save and look at the bump JC takes after getting kicked in the ass. Wonderful. Sable ends up getting stalked around the outside by the nation and she jumps into the ring for Mark to protect her. The nation then surround Mark and Sable. Oh gee, I wonder who will come to save them. In comes Ahmed Johnson, overcompensating with his big long 2x4. Ahmed clears the ring and that's it really, the match is ruled as a no contest. Two WCW Nitro matches were up next, Dean Malenko vs Robbie Brookside, along with Public Enemy vs The Amazing French Canadians, no not the Quebecers, The Amazing French Canadians, while Raw put on a Rocky Maivia vs Leaf Cassidy match. I think people may be interested in the Robbie Brookside match, I think he still trains the beginners class over at the WWE Performance Center, so let's take a look. Dean grabs a mic at the beginning of the match and he says about 10 minutes up the road is the place where Dean's father, the great Boris Malenko, taught Six how to wrestle. In six days at Super Brawl, the lessons continue, only this time Six's teacher will be Dean Malenko and Six will learn not to mess with other people's property. Good stuff to start us off here, after a scuffle in the corner, Malenko and Brookside try to grab reverse headlocks on the mat and Robbie manages to apply a wrist lock when both men get back to their feet. A headstand counter allows Dean to trip his opponent up and Malenko goes for a cover. Robbie kicks out at two. The two then tussle over wrist control with Dean getting Brookside down to the mat. Robbie then manages to lock in a deep armbar while catching Dean's knee in a vertical position, but Dean makes it to the ropes. Dean transitions from a full Nelson into a headlock takeover, but Brookside gets in a hammerlock. Malenko then brings Robbie to the corner where he doesn't give a clean break, and Brookside takes a clothesline in the opposite turnbuckles. Robbie fires back with a Northern Light suplex, but Dean kicks out. 
The two then try to go through a quick series of pin attempts, but this happens. <laughs> Dean then has a real hard time locking in the Texas Cloverleaf with Brookside's big legs, but he gets it applied and Mark Curtis pulls out the guns. Our guy here also had some fun in the crowd calling for the bell. This one started off incredibly well, but a few small missteps and limited time stop it from being a recommended match. Still interesting though to see Brookside compete inside a WCW ring on Monday nights. Six came out after the match and after calling Dean bland, he said that all respect he had for the Malenkos ended when Boris died. He goes on to say if he has to steal championship belts to get title shots, then that's exactly what he's gonna do. Dean chases Six back up the entranceway to end this part of the show. Before the Amazing French Canadians vs Public Enemy match, the Outsiders and Six show up at the commentary desk and they want to stop Larry and Tony gossiping. Scott Hall says there was indeed an automobile accident and it involved Hall, Nash, Six and the Einsteiners. Fortunately, the NWO has it all on tape. Fucking WCW love having tapes, don't they? Nash says the accusations don't fit so Tony and Larry must acquit. The tape gets handed over and so we'll be seeing this footage a little later on. All these tapes and it takes a half hour to find a video player. A few missteps from the amazing French Canadians allowed Public Enemy to pick up a win next. The match ended with Carl Ouellette getting put through a table. Harlem Heat and the Faces of Fear watched the match from the audience. Keep in mind that it sounds like the Steiners are injured and they won't be competing in the 4 team tag match at Super Brawl. While Nitro was going at breakneck speed, the WWF put on a Rocky Maivia vs Leaf Cassidy match. Before that match, Bret Hart got interviewed and he says he'll just have to get used to guys like Steve Austin trying to interfere in his business. Bret says he's gotta remain focused for the Psycho Sid match a little later on, and after dealing with Sid, Bret's just gonna look onto the next challenger and the challenger after that. Bret says he isn't afraid of anyone and that includes The Undertaker too. If it's gonna be Taker vs Bret at Mania, Bret welcomes the match and he tells the dead man to bring it on. The promo ends with Jerry Lawler trying to get in a question. But you're real glad that Stone Cold Steve Austin injured Psycho Sid's leg, aren't you? Huh? Shut up, Lawler. Yeah, shut up, Lawler. Triple H cut a promo during the Rock vs Cassidy match and he said this. My thoughts on Rocky Maivia, he's nothing but the lonkiest punk in the world. <laughs> the lonkiest punk in the world. Did he mean to say the luckiest punk in the world maybe? Hunter says the icy title belongs to him and he will get it back from Rocky Maivia. In regards to Goldust, Triple H heard Goldust is in the arena tonight and Hunter has a score to settle with the bizarre one, so we'll see how that plays out a little later on. The lonky punk Rocky Maivia picked up the win with a crossbody followed by his devastating earth shattering shoulder breaker. Sonny served as the timekeeper by the way and check out this dude right here. Put your tongue back in lad, jeez. After the match, Jerry Lawler grabs an ECW sign from a fan and he says no one has ever heard of this wrestling organisation and he has no idea why fans are bringing these signs to Monday Night Raw. Lawler says a friend of his went to a WCW show with a Jerry Lawler sign and it was taken away by security. So why the World Wrestling Federation allows these ECW signs on their TV broadcasts is a mystery to the king. Oh the irony. Lawler says ECW is nothing but a bunch of has-beens and a bunch of misfits, and if this company has any guts, 
They'll show up next week on Raw inside the Manhattan Center. That's right, the WWF have just invited ECW to Monday Night Raw, and we're going to see it all next week on Reliving the War. Up next we have a Goldust promo on Raw while Steve Regal does battle with Prince Iakea on Nitro. Before the Nitro match, Mean Gene Okerlund wants to know if it was Diamond Dallas Page who attacked Big Bubba at the beginning of the show, and Page denies it. Dallas doesn't have a match tonight but he says he showed up just to see Randy Anderson vs Nick Patrick. DDP knows absolutely nothing about Bubba getting jumped at the beginning of the show. Steve Regal gets interviewed before his TV title defence against Prince Ikea, and Regal says good for Prince for taking this opportunity. As for Rey Mysterio, Regal says he's gonna stretch him so much that he's gonna become a handrail for the Great Wall of China. So there's your photoshop task for this week. Regal gets in the ring and we see poor eyesight sting in the audience. The TV champ is looking seriously confident here as he walks around the ring. Regal takes the time to talk trash to fans and he threatens to beat up anyone who talks back. The two finally lock up and check out how Regal reaches for the ropes to break a wrist lock. Fantastic. It doesn't take long before Regal gains the upper hand and he starts teaching Prince a lesson. Some hard shots from the champ get followed up with a butterfly suplex from the top rope. And just as things were starting to go well, Rey Mysterio comes out at the entranceway. With Regal distracted, Prince Ikea goes for a cover and Prince Ikea wins the match. Just like that, we have a new TV champion. Regal is absolutely beside himself, he pushes Mark Curtis, but Curtis pushes him right back. Teddy Long, Eddie Guerrero and the public enemy come out to celebrate with Prince, and the commentators wonder what this means for the TV title match scheduled for Super Brawl. Goldust and Marlena get interviewed by Kevin Kelly next and Goldust says that Triple H has made this rivalry personal. The only way Hunter will get close to Marlena is over his dead body. Marlena then wants to clear up some mysteries about Goldust, his character, his masculinity and his, uh, his manhood. Marlena says from head to toe Goldust is all man. Jerry Lawler says she must be speaking from experience. And as for Triple H, Goldust is way more of a man than Helmsley could ever be. Just then, Triple H comes down to the ring. He shouts he can take Marlena if he really wants to, before throwing a cup of water on Goldust. Goldust sails the water like it blinds him, and Triple H then completely destroys the bizarre one for costing him the Intercontinental Championship last night during his match with Lonky Maivia. Hunter nails a pedigree and Marlena decides to slap Triple H afterwards. The same woman who attacked Marlena last night at Final Four then shows up and Marlena gets thrown around like a rag doll. Like, really? Security have to rush in and get this woman out of the ring, but the takeaway here is that the crowd popped when the run-in took place. We'll be seeing much more of this woman in the weeks that follow, but right now the question is, what is her relationship with Triple H? We're just at the halfway point now on both shows, our number 2 on Nitro kicks off with Nick Patrick vs Randy Anderson, and the WWF presents the Headbangers vs fuck, the Hardy Boys, nice. Nick Patrick looks confident on his way to the ring but the same can't be said for Randy, I absolutely love how they gave Pee Wee some pyro though during his entrance. Referee Jimmy Jed hands something to Randy, brass knucks that don't look like brass knucks but we'll call them brass knucks anyway. And Randy Anderson just bides his time while Patrick messes around, throwing jabs that don't connect. Just at the right moment, after Patrick comically winds up his right hand, 
Randy bops Patrick on the top of the head, and I mean right on the top of the head, not the forehead. Patrick goes down, one, two, three, Pee Wee has his job back. Only, no he doesn't. Eric Bischoff comes out and he says Anderson has to take a long vacation and as for Jimmy Jett, he's fired. Eric says that Nick Patrick is the winner and poor Andy is still out of a job due to the tainted victory. This was absolutely ridiculous but still fun to watch. Very short but we'd be complaining if it went on for too long also. Over on Raw, Matt and Jeff Hardy take on the headbangers in what should be an interesting match so let's take a look at the whole thing. Jeff and Mosh start this one off with Jeff hitting a jumping clothesline. He then performs an arm drag, Matt Hardy then gets tagged in and some double team action keep the Hardys briefly in the driver's position. Farouk cuts a split screen promo while the action continues in the ring and it's here where Farouk vs Ahmed Johnson is made official for Wrestlemania 13. Farouk says he wants the match to be a Chicago street fight, this of course would evolve into a 6 man match but more on that soon. While Farouk was cutting this promo, the headbangers were destroying the Hardys. Thrasher got tagged in and he pulled off a great middle rope clothesline on Matt and from here it was all headbangers. Mosh comes back in and he performs a middle rope crossbody to the apron. Thrasher comes back in and it's straight back to double team moves. And check this out. It was a bit of a miss there, wasn't it? Jim Ross announces that Brett vs Sid is up next as the headbangers continue to impress inside the ropes. Though a missed elbow drop allows Matt to tag in Jeff. Jeff gives out a few drop kicks but that's about all he's gonna do. He takes a clothesline from Mosh and fucking hell that's crazy. Definitely worth another look. My my. The headbangers then pick up the win after performing a stage dive. A great showing here from Mosh and Thrasher and they have the Hardy Boys to thank for that really. Good stuff. The ever charismatic Roadblock takes on Chris Benoit next and we are also going to see that Steiner's tape in the automobile accident. While over on Raw we have Sid vs Bret Hart take 2. Roadblock wears his career aspirations on his ring attire and you gotta respect that. It's incredible how much more intimidating the smaller Benoit looks when he stands face to face with his opponent, or face to belly as it were. And this one is as predictable as they come, no point going in depth but I do want to show you this baseball slide right here, right on the fucking kisser. Roadblock's big mistake was taking his eyes off Benoit after woman slapped him, this led to this predicament and Chris ends up scoring the win with a diving headbutt. It was good just for that baseball slide that I watched about 50 times, no joke. Up next though is some real good stuff, the tape featuring the Steiners on the road. The Wolfpack are driving along making fun of the houses in the area. They then spot Rick and Scott who've stopped at a gas station. While giving fans at home some driving lessons, Hall, Nash and Six begin following the Steiners and it doesn't take long for Nash to bump into Rick and Scott. The Steiners swerve to the left where Scott tries to throw garbage at the NWO but that doesn't do anything. Eventually the NWO drive up to the side of Rick and Scott and... You can tell when the edit happens but this I thought was really well done. Scott Hall says they need to get away from the accident so the NWO heads off in the opposite direction as the tape comes to an end. When we get back to the arena, Tony Schiavone says that this is too far before going to a commercial break. Again, I like this, it looked believable and it made the NWO look even more dangerous. This is the stuff, in my opinion, that the NWO should have been doing on the regular. 
Over on Raw, Bret makes his way out to the arena for his title defense that was supposed to happen earlier on, but then... Surprise, motherfucker, Stone Cold Steve Austin attacks the hitman once again. Sid gets involved and Vince McMahon tries to break up the fight, but it's not happening. We have a brawl in the gorilla position and it looks like our match isn't going to happen once again. Speaking of gorilla, Monsoon gets interviewed afterwards and he promises the fans at home that Hart vs Sid will take place tonight. Gorilla says this is the World Wrestling Federation, not a company who makes promises to their viewers that they don't intend on keeping. The fans were promised Brett vs Sid and the match will take place tonight on Raw. We have around 10 minutes of Kevin Sullivan content next that I'm really really looking forward to watching, while over on Raw we have Flash Funk vs Owen Hart. Let's get the Kevin Sullivan stuff out of the way first, he has a match with Doc Dean, the other half of the Liverpool lads along with Robbie Brookside, but before the match we get a Kevin Sullivan promo, hooray. Kevin has now completely dropped the Taskmaster name by the way, he's mastered every task there is to master. And honestly, Sullivan is pretty coherent here. Jackie's backstory still isn't laid out, but Sullivan gets a cheap pop by saying he was raised in Tampa, Florida, and he ran the streets there. <laughs> yeah. Woman came along and pulled him out of the neighborhood, and Sullivan ended up in Daytona. He felt locked away, and it took a long time for him to break free. Sullivan now has his freedom back, and at Super Brawl this week, we're gonna see who has more fire Nancy and Benoit, or Jackie and Sullivan. Jackie says Woman tried to make Kevin something he wasn't, and when Jackie and Woman get strapped up together at Super Brawl, Jackie says she's gonna take the strap and whip Woman all around the ring if she tries to get involved, because she's too legit to quit. Someone must have been listening to a lot of MC Hammer because Jimmy Hart and Sullivan also say the same line. Just too legit to quit. Cause we too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. The match is pretty much a Jacqueline showcase. Dean gets thrown out of the ring twice and Jackie gets a chance to show what she can do and she's definitely very impressive. The crowd pops for Jackie too as she destroys Dean on the outside with body slams and suplexes and Sullivan ends up scoring the win with his little bunny hop. Hopefully Kevin realises what can happen when he doesn't book himself in segments filled with absolute shit talking nonsense. Owen Hart vs Flash Funk then, I'm about a week ahead on these videos and at the time of writing this script out, it was recently announced that AEW are going to honour Owen Hart with a yearly tournament and I thought that was great news. Here on Reliving the War we get to see Owen wrestle every week and it's always a joy to sit through. Jim Ross says Marlena has been rushed to hospital after China's attack earlier and he hopes to update us all soon. We start off with wrist lock counters and we see Owen's signature handstand reversal, Flash Funk shows us what he can do by going over a drop down with a cartwheel and Funk stays in control in the early portion of the match here. An arm drag gets followed up with an arm bar from Funk, Owen goes up and over next and he hits Funk with a clothesline and we then come to a stalemate when both men go for drop kicks, good stuff here. Paulie dangerously then phones into WWF Raw and he wants to talk to Jerry Lawler. Paulie accepts the challenge. Lawler makes fun of guys like the Blue Meanie and the Sandman as Owen and Funk go through an impressive monkey flip sequence in the ring. And when the split screen ends, Paulie says that if security allow ECW into the Manhattan Center next week, Jerry Lawler will come face to face with the ECW roster and Paulie dangerously himself. 
Owen goes for a sharpshooter, but Clarence Mason, for whatever reason, stops him from doing so. An argument between Mason and Owen on the outside leads to Funk hitting a diving crossbody, and then the British Bulldog appears. Davey tells Clarence politely to fuck off. He just cost Owen a potential victory, and so Clarence better hit the bricks before he gets a chin lock. Mason has disappeared when we come back from commercial break, and as Davey looks out for Owen, we get another split screen interview. This time, it's Steve Austin. Ross wants to know why Austin keeps attacking Bret Hart, and it's very simple. Austin is still pissed off about winning the Royal Rumble and losing his title opportunity. Austin says the final four shouldn't have happened, he should have been WWF champion once HBK lost his smile, but because Stone Cold isn't all glitz and glamour and because Stone Cold isn't marketable, the WWF are holding him down. Because of that, Austin is going to tear through the WWF roster and that's the bottom line. Back in the ring, Owen's in trouble. He smashes his little rocket on the middle turnbuckle and this leads to Flash Funk hitting a flying crossbody. A stinger splash or a funger splash is up next. And then Flash Funk hits a body slam. He signals for the end, he goes upstairs once again and Flash hits a beautiful moonsault but Owen manages to kick out at two. Bulldog smacks Funk with Owen's Slammy Award, allowing Owen to hit a wheel kick, and Davey also holds Flash's legs down, letting Owen pick up a pinfall victory. Davey seems happy with the outcome, but Owen doesn't seem too amused. Maybe Owen wanted to win this one all by himself. Conan vs Eddie Guerrero takes place on Nitro and we have another Horseman promo, while over on Raw we get Triple H vs Bart Gunn. Both matches don't have clean finishes. Over on Nitro, we got some good action but then the Faces of Fear hit the ring to attack Eddie Guerrero. Not sure what their problem is with Eddie, maybe I'm missing something here, but Eddie's Super Brawl opponent Chris Jericho comes out for the save. The commentary team say that Jericho must want to protect his US title shot and make sure Eddie doesn't get hurt, so yeah, that was that. The Horseman promo was more of the same, it's what you come to expect and yes, it's now definitely becoming a low point of WCW programming. Arn addresses Eric Bischoff in the NWO and his threats just now feel empty. Deborah starts banging on about Jeff Jarrett being a horseman and pay attention to Woman here, Deborah won't stop talking and you can see Woman putting her head down and then making eye contact with Arn, it's a train wreck. Benoit talks about how Sullivan doesn't own women and how Sullivan will have to break his soul in order to win the Super Brawl match. It's the same shit we've seen before. On Raw, Triple H gets questioned about this mystery woman who attacked Marlena, and Triple H says he doesn't know who it is. He has women going crazy for him all the time, so Hunter is acting oblivious here, completely denying all knowledge. This match ended when Goldust ran down and he chased Hunter out of the arena. Watch this though, a fan tripped Goldust up and I think it was intentional too. That kid must have been a die-hard Triple H fan. The Giant vs uh, Johnny Swinger and Top Gun is next while Dr Andrews gives us an update on Shawn Michaels. Ross says we have good news and we have bad news. Andrews appears in his office and he says Sean's injury dates back to around 5 years ago when he tore a ligament in his knee. His recent injury dates all the way back to 5 years ago so it appears Michaels has re-injured himself. Andrews says he's recommended that Sean does not have surgery at this point. In around 6 weeks time after Sean has rehabilitated at home, he's going to be reassessed. 
Surgery isn't ruled out, but rehabilitation is on the cards first, and there is a hope that Sean can resume his wrestling career in the future. Hmm, <laughs> this is all a bit fishy, isn't it? The Nitro Handicap match shouldn't even be called a match. It's the Giant hitting the ring, performing two choke slams, and winning via pinfall in around 20 seconds. We get a promo afterwards when the Giant gets joined by Lex Luger and Mean Gene Okerlund. Lex Luger says he has some good news, he's got a doctor's release letter, and this means he can compete at Super Brawl in the Tag Team Championship match. Bischoff comes out and he reminds Lex that the total package was supposed to provide the letter last week, not this week, and because Luger is late, he will not be competing at the pay-per-view. Luger says there's lots of things Bischoff can't control. He can't stop Lex from renting a car and getting a hotel room in San Francisco, so while it appears that Lex may be out of the match, Luger is still going to show up at the pay-per-view and who knows what will happen. The promo ends with Luger and Giant chasing Bischoff up the entranceway. Main event time, and we've got two promos and a match crammed in to end Nitro, while WWF presents the Bret Hart vs Sid match. Let's get through the WCW stuff first of all. We've got Roddy Piper and Alcatraz, top tier wrestle crap and I'm sure you've seen this one before. Piper has totally lost it, before beginning his speech, he shouts into the toilet asking if Hogan can hear him. Roddy then says he's worked hard for 28 years for a family. Piper used to live on the streets long before he had his own family, and what Hogan needs to realise is that that means Piper was once dead inside, and at Super Brawl, Piper will be dead inside once again. He will have absolutely nothing to lose. Piper says it was Hogan who brought Roddy's little boy into this. There was once a time when Hogan told kids to take their vitamins and say their prayers, but that was all a facade. All Hogan wants is recognition. Piper talks about his hip surgery and how he fought for years, but then Hogan came along and within 5 minutes everything was taken away from him. But Piper is going to stay in Alcatraz for 7 days, his training happens in this little room, and if Hogan was expecting to sell another pay per view and buy himself a yacht, well, Hogan has picked the wrong man and Hogan has got the wrong opponent. The promo ends with Piper saying this What you gonna do when I'm through with you? You piece of garbage! It's fucking batshit crazy, but I love it. Deborah gets involved in the Jeff Jarrett vs. Chris Jericho match as expected, and this leads to Mongo coming down. Deborah tells Mongo to use the magical briefcase and Steve obliges, smacking Jarrett on the back and allowing Jericho to score a pinfall win. Deborah gets annoyed at Mongo, Mongo's like, that's what I thought you wanted me to do, and well, it is what it is, can't wait for Mongo vs. Jarrett this week on pay per view, that's for sure. Nitro ends with a Hulk Hogan promo this week, good to see WCW try new things here. Hogan says that everyone knows that Piper is nuts already, seeing as the Hot Rod wants to wrestle Hulk again on pay-per-view. Piper is crazy to tell his kids that he's coming home, and Piper is even crazier to tell the fans that he's kicking Hulk Hogan out of the sport of wrestling. Sting and the Macho Man then appear at the entranceway and Bischoff tells Hogan not to worry. The Hulkster continues on with his promo, and Sting begins approaching the ring slowly, but Savage pulls Sting back and he tells him to wait for another time. 
Hogan then rambles on about how the people of Tampa love him and how convenient it is that Piper locked himself in Alcatraz when he knew Hulk would be on Nitro tonight, and the guys in the truck have to cut Hogan off by playing his theme music because we've just ran out of time. As a final promo to build towards Super Brawl, it wasn't good, but the Savage and Sting tease could lead to something so it wasn't all bad. We made it, Brett vs Sid, third time lucky. We have a full 15 minutes left on Raw 2, meaning we can actually sit back and watch the match without expecting a quick finish or a fast transition into something else, and it makes Raw's final offering of the week much more enjoyable. The two men make their way down to the ring once again, and here we go. Brett starts off as the aggressor, but it doesn't take long for Sid to turn it around and Brett takes a beating in the corner. The hitman then gets whipped into the opposite turnbuckles and he sails the bump brilliantly. Brett crumbles to the mat as Jim Ross says the hitman has to be sore after last night's pay per view. Big Sid begins targeting the back and Brett takes more punishment but a Russian leg sweep brings Brett back into the match for a moment. Brett then makes the mistake of trying to go toe to toe with Psycho Sid and we get to see more of those big right hands from the challenger. The hitman takes a complete beating afterwards and Hart really needs to rethink his battle plan here. Sid is destroying Brett when it comes to striking. Brett's then able to pull off a backbreaker, he then lands a headbutt to the lower abdominal area and then he drops a forearm from the middle rope. The hitman then targets the lower back just like Sid did earlier. And what we end up getting here is both men trying to attack the same body part as the match progresses. Brett then remembers that Sid's leg was hurt earlier by Austin, and so Brett moves from the lower back to the left leg. Brett does everything he can to weaken Sid here, we even see the figure 4 around the ring post for the very first time. And when the action gets back in the ring, Brett continues to soften up Sid. It's only a matter of time now. Sid fights back and we see a clothesline and a leg drop, and then Sid goes up to the top rope for a diving leg drop. Thankfully he lands it okay. No snapped legs. Sid ends up tied up in the ropes and Brett runs at his opponent but he completely misses. Hart still manages to backdrop Sid out of the ring afterwards though, and then on the outside Steve Austin shows up. Sid takes care of Stone Cold, and then Sid performs a sunset flip back into the ring. Granted, it didn't look amazing, but tons of credit for the big man for doing it. Brett counters with a sharpshooter, but Steve Austin manages to smack Brett with a steel chair. Sid then takes advantage and he hits the powerbomb, and history is made when Psycho Sid wins the match, the first time the WWF Championship changed hands on Monday Night Raw. Brett only held the belt for one night, he's now out of the WrestleMania main event, and Raw ends with a stare down between The Undertaker and Psycho Sid. This is our main event for WrestleMania 13. I thought the WWF put on a better show this week, so Raw wins episode 71 of Reliving the War. In the TV ratings, Nitro won with a 2.9 while Raw managed a 2.1. Nitro almost dropped a whole point this week in the ratings. So for those of you who've been missing the match and promo head to head point system and for those who've messaged me about it, here's how I would have scored it if we were doing things like comparing 3 promos to one match. See how decent stuff here has been marked red because it's lumped in with bad stuff? 
Keep in mind that the Nitro 4 mod is seriously compressed from this list of matches and promos. It's like comparing apples to oranges in terms of the sheer amount of segments WCW presents in comparison to the WWF. So for those wanting the scoring system back, trust me, I hear you. But it's very unfair to constantly compare two or three bits to one. And also, it won't give a true opinion of which show I thought was the overall best. Here's the deal though, I'll include this in every video going forward for those who still would have wanted to see how things would have got scored. And if I can't choose which show I like best, I'll use this to choose the weekly winner. So there you go, I'm trying to keep this manageable while keeping you guys happy too, so hopefully this compromise works. This week we have Super Brawl 7 to look at and that video will get uploaded on Sunday, all being well. I hope you join me then for Hogan vs Piper 2 and thank you very very much for watching this episode of Reliving the War.